Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Never seen the sky so blue The birds are singing, I got nothing to do Hey, 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 hey Mmm, it's just a sunny day Sunny day now My pocket's empty, my cupboard's bare But call me illogical, I just don't care Hey, 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 hey It's just a sunny day It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning, and thanks for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. Our next listener, Ton, says uh, they know it's better for native bees to have native flowers. I'm not sure that's true, but how do you find what is native and where to buy those items? Well, there is... Do the bees know that the items are native? Well, I think what they're referring to is there may be some specialized pollinators that only pollinate a a small group of plants. And the pollinator and the native plant have co-evolved to the point that the plant must have that pollinator to survive, and the pollinator must have that plant. Okay, I apologize. I'm like, really? Do the bees know? That's going to be an exception to the rule because there are many non-native plants that are great for pollinators. And so, you know, like these black-eyed Susans are native to the Midwest and East Coast and the the coneflowers, but they're similar enough. We have a native native black-eyed Susan here Mm -hmm. without petals. And the pollinators will bounce back and forth just fine. And so it's going to be situational. But if you're wanting to refer to just natives, what I would recommend they do is we had a an interview two or three weeks ago from a professor that works for ESU but is housed by UDAF or another organization. But she specializes in native pollinators and native plants that are good for them. And so I would refer her back to our podcasts and the Facebook page for more information on that. But So what would they be looking for though? What I wish I don't remember her name off the top of my head and we might have I'll to look it up and go back on Facebook and see. But as far as natives, if it's a native flowering plant, mm-hmm. they're generally going to be good for pollinators, whether they're penstemons or 
the globe mallows or whatever it is. You know, if it has a simple flower, it's pretty. It's Those are going to be pollinated most often by insects. So, I mean, that's what I would recommend. But USU has a lot of resources. If you just do an Internet search of USU and native pollinating plants, you can look up information there, too. Is there one nursery that specializes in those? No. Not to my knowledge, perennial favorites in Layton grows a lot of natives that are distributed to other nurseries in the Intermountain West. And you can maybe call them and say, hey, what are some native pollinators? Where can I get them? Smiths in the spring, whoever does their buying gets a lot of natives in too. And that in the, you know, in May and June, Smiths. They have a lot of perennial favorites plants, I've noticed. Yeah, Smiths Mm -hmm. Marketplace would be another good place to look. Okay, let's go back to our phone lines. Miguel is in Saratoga Springs. Good morning, Miguel. What was your question? Good morning, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Um, We have an apricot tree about two years old, three years old, Um, but the leaves seem to have uh, little uh, small holes everywhere. Uh, All the leaves do, so I'm wondering what I can do about that. Have you had any hail storms over the last month or so? Um, Yeah. A lot of storms over here. Okay, if you had a hailstorm and the damage is consistent on the entire tree, that's usually due to a weather event. Oh, okay. So it's not like a fungus or something that I can no, treat. No, I mean, look up. I will give you something to look up. I would look up shot hole um, fungus. Oh, okay. USU and shot hole because that is one fungus that would look like if you took a BB gun and shot all the leaves with little holes. And during the middle of the summer, oftentimes the cankers will die back and the dead tissue from the leaves will drop out. But it's usually not all over the entire tree equally, but look up shot hole fungus. But I think, I know that there's been hailstorms, especially when when we had a week or week and a half of monsoonal moisture, and it could very well be that. All right. Yeah, they're, they're small holes, about one millimeter. Yeah, and if if you didn't see little red cankers on the leaves in the spring, it's probably weather. Okay, yeah. No, we didn't see any anything red or anything like that. Very good. Thank you much. Appreciate right. your time. Thanks so much for your call this morning. Next listener is curious about the Garden Show theme song and whether it was created just for KSL. We haven't talked about this for no, quite some time. No, it's a song that was written by, and I, my memory's not this good, but it was written by a lady in, I think, the 1930s. Yeah, it's a very old song. And there's... Yeah, there's several. If you YouTube the song, you actually yes. can find various versions but of it. But you have to Google the lyrics to get the title. So, like, of... never seen the sky so blue? Yes. And <laughs> a couple of lines from the song, and then it'll pop up the YouTube. But if you just do, there's so many other things that come up before it. You almost have to search the lyrics to get the exact title. Right. But there's other versions flown out. I've used one once that was sung in a very similar manner by females. And we probably should use that one a little more often, but it, it's a fun song. Right. It's around since the 1930s, so definitely not made for us or created for us. Uh, next listener would like to know, they grow wild flowers at their cabin in Schofield. Is it too late to plant some seeds today? I I don't know if I would because they may not be able to harden off in time. What I would do is in late September to er, to mid-October, 
when Schofield has cold weather, it's consistently below 50 during the day Mm -hmm. and light frost at night. I would just spread seed then and let it germinate in the spring on its own. Okay, we need to take a break. When we come back, Whitney, you'll be up next. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, and thanks for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse Show. Uh, Let's see, who was on the line? Whitney is on the line in Harriman. Good morning, Whitney. What was your question? Hi. So I have a bunch of tomatoes, and at first the flowers were turning into fruit really good, and now everything's getting eaten, all the blossoms. And I know that that can be a sign of tomato hornworms, so I've been, like, looking for them. I got a black light because I heard you could look for them with black lights. And I'm just wondering what else I can do to try to get the blossoms to stay Well, it totally could be the 100-degree heat we had because temperatures of around 90 to 92, 93, and and especially if we're above 70 at night, can cause uh, flower abortion in many vegetables. And so you could have been seeing the flowers develop and drop simply due to the temperatures. Okay. So they would just look like a straight, it looks just like a straight um, branch. Yeah, and with no flowers. If there's no feeding damage that you can find, you're not finding the hornworms. And so I've been encouraging gardeners, especially serious gardeners, to invest in shade cloth because it'll last for, you know, five to ten years. And you can build a simple structure out of some posts, like T-posts, with twine strung over it and just braced every five or so feet and just drape that 30% shade over the tomatoes and maybe the peppers. We get plenty of sunlight and they'll tolerate it, but mm-hmm. it'll help the tomatoes stay on because I know that one of our commercial farms had tomatoes about three weeks ahead of most of their gardeners because they had stretched shade cloth over a certain amount of their patch. Okay. And can I ask one more thing? Go ahead, Whitney. Um, There is like little black dots on a lot of things. Is it possibly like slug poop or what? Like over my flowers and stuff? Do do you have a lot of slugs? I feel like I've been noticing a lot of damage in the leaves, so I'm guessing yes. Okay. And I mean, is it where you're having problems, extra moist, and do you have a lot of like bark mulch around or anything like that? No, and I don't feel like it's super moist. I do have, like, I have a small backyard, so I crowd a lot of plants into the area. So you could have Um, high humidity and an environment for slugs, but you would see the slugs, and you would see their feeding damage. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. You could be seeing other insects maybe doing some damage, and Uh what you would need to do is... Try to maybe take some pictures in focus but zoomed in and email them up to the Salt Lake County Extension Office 
to let them take a look just because you're in Salt Lake County or, um, you know, I know like the Google pixel phones, if anybody has one of those has a pretty good macro lens on it and you could email some pictures that way. Or if you're Mm -hmm. in like off 2100 South in Salt Lake, at some point you could drop off some samples. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Whitney, thanks so much for your call this morning. Next listener, Tom says, is the little Kim Rose of Sharon good for a Southern exposure? They say it does get some shade. It is just fine. The Rose of Sharon are very heat tolerant. I have some on a hot West exposure. They've been in for five years. They've grown to be about four feet wide and five to six feet tall, Mm -hmm. and they have never missed a beat. All right. Martin is on the line in Clinton. Good morning, Martin. Good morning. What was your question? Yeah, uh, I'd like to plant some uh, arborvitae between my neighbor and my house for screen. And I was wondering, it's going to be between my fence and my uh, RV pad. And I was wondering if uh, after a while, if the root's going to raise my garden, my uh, my RV pad, or uh, or what you think. No, they'll be fine. Just make sure you have some room. Drive around parts of Clinton, West Point, and older neighborhoods so you can get an idea of how tall and wide those arborvitae get. And, you know, you'd want one called emerald green. And it's still going to get four or five feet tall. So just make sure you have the room, but they will not heave cement. Okay. And then is it too late to, to plant? No, it's a great time. If you waited until Labor Day, I know that a lot of the local garden centers up there oftentimes put things at least on a 10% discount. You could stop by okay. and talk to them and just say, hey, I'm thinking about it. Are you going to have these in stock for the next month or so? And just do some find out. You may be able to save them a little bit of money by waiting a few weeks. All right. Well, thank you. All right, Martin. Thanks for your call this morning. Next listener, Tom, says, is it time to take in their amaryllis? It is getting there. I'm trying to do the math in my head. You need about 8 to 12 weeks. And so if you want it blooming at Christmas, late December, so late November, late October. (laughs) So you probably have a little more time, but sometime in mid to late September, I'd bring it in. Okay. Lynn is on the line in West Point. Good morning, Lynn. What was your question? Yeah, I have a big pine tree that's got little black dots on the needles. And I've got some of the bare systemic to treat it with, but I don't know if I should treat it now or if I should wait till spring. Treat it now. The longer you wait, the worse the damage will get. It's probably okay. black pine same, needle scale. Okay. And the same, I've got a sensation box elder and a green ash bulb that are showing some bore damage. Same thing? Uh, you can try it, and you can treat it now, and that's fine. But uh, it may or may not go after the borers in there, depending on the species. Okay. All right. We'll give it a try. Thank you. All right. Thanks for your call this morning. Ton, I know that our listeners like me have had problems with spurge this year, just kind of t- taking over the flower beds. What What's the best way for us to deal with that right now? I noticed I have never had spurge in 10 years, and I've got it in my park strip where my lawn is a little thin. Mm-hmm. And it's just barely coming up. And so pulling out all the little sprouts. So out of the lawn, pull it out. If you can. I mean, there are some pre-emergent products that may need to be reapplied. But Bayer, which is now bio-advanced, makes one called Season Long Lawn Weed Control. Mm -hmm. And it has a spray in it that will kill all the existing weeds. 
and then it has a pre-emergent that is supposed to last for five or six months. I've had some reports back that that gets a little bit spotty in late summer, so you could try that. Um, Then there's a product right now, we've talked about it quite a bit the last few months, called Image All-in-One Lawn Weed Killer that is registered for broadleaf weeds in the lawn during the summer. Spray when it's cool, but it doesn't have the temperature restrictions. And so to spray it out, but you do not want to let that spurge go crazy because each plant can produce hundreds of seeds. What about in the flower beds? In the flower beds, when the plants are small and before they, the flowers are hard to see, but you're going to go in and just pull them out or if you can, sever the roots with a gardening hoe or a hula hoe or something but you need to stay on top of them and go out there weekly and just keep hoeing them out. Can you put preen or something in there to keep them preen from preen? Is not uh, it's not effective against spurge. I thought it was, and a couple of years ago, Mike Karen and I were putting together a fact sheet on spurge, mm-hmm. and it's not registered for spurge, and it I doesn't keep really digging work. it up, and it yeah. just like keeps coming back. You and I could, thought, oh. if it's just ornamental, you could use a different pre-emergent. Even in the spring, um, you could put down a lawn pre-emergent in the flower bed, and that would be fine. And then reapply it in early July. Okay. All right. Well, we need to take a break for the top of the hour news. When we come back on the KSL Greenhouse Show, what are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about how to prepare your soil for lawn seeding. So if you were planning this fall to plant a new lawn, uh, we're going to tell you how to do that. Yep, great time of year to do it. Okay, and the number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. More of The Greenhouse following the top of the hour news. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.